0: I'm Ava Hartling, welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, women entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. When you hear the names Anna Rockin or Elizabeth Holmes, what comes to mind? And does it ever strike you as interesting that society has such a fascination with women con artists that their trials inspire countless magazine articles, TV series, and even podcasts? Well, enter my guest for this week, Tori Telfer, author of the book Confident Women, a collection of vignettes depicting the stories of some of the world's most infamous female con artists. It was released earlier this year as a sequel to Tori's first book called Lady Killers, described in a New York Times review as a thrilling character study of the most diabolically complex, fascinating female psychopaths in history. Tori is also the host of three podcasts about women who break the law, criminal bras, red flags, and why women kill. Here is our conversation. Tori, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Brandis Female today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: And I had a lot of fun reading your latest book uh, about con women, and it's called Confident Women. Mm-hmm. And I typically start these conversations by uh, asking my guests what they what they were dreaming of becoming later in life uh, as they were Ooh. growing up. And uh, my question in your case is when did or where did the fascination for uh, women criminals come from, or or when did it show up in your life?
1: Oh, well, definitely not as a child, although I was (laughs) always interested in weird historical figures, even as a kid. I, gosh, I, you know, I specifically started writing about female criminals when I became a freelance writer, which was Um, I guess eight years ago or something. Um, I started writing about female serial killers for a column online. So that was like the first time I had truly written about a female criminal. But I had been writing for years and years and years. That writer was Mm -hmm. what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I had been writing about, you know, creepy, weird women. For for <laughs> ages and ages, so I think the seed was always there. I had just mostly been in fiction. It took me a while to right. realize how how uh, intriguing nonfiction could be.
0: And do you remember like who is one of the first women criminals that caught your attention, or what one of those earlier stories would have been about?
1: Well, the first one I ever wrote about for a paycheck was Urjabet Bathory, who's a battery, I think is the, is the Hungarian pronunciation, but she was a Hungarian countess from the 1500s who maybe was a horrific serial killer or maybe she was framed by the Catholic Church. It's a mm. very wild story and um, I remember what I liked about it was not the bloody details because there are plenty of you know crazy bloody details including her bathing in the blood of virgins to preserve her youth forever. That stuff I'm not so much interested in, but I'm interested in how the legends and the myths get shellacked onto her story. So it's like Mm. she probably didn't bathe in blood. That's just very extreme, and there are a couple gross reasons why that's not even very possible,
0: which I'll spare you.
1: (laughs) But it's interesting to me like to think, hmm, how... How do we get to a point where that legend got layered onto this story? What was it about her? What was it about people in the, you know, in the decades and centuries after that made her look, made them look back at her and think that she bathed in
0: blood? Does that make sense? Mm. It's, it's that yeah. part that interests me. Mm. And it, it, you know, when as I was preparing for this conversation, one of the things I, I that came to mind that I wanted to ask you is. We often look at, uh, you know, history books or any any uh, historical educational content and women are largely left out of the narrative. Right. Mm -hmm. We know about all the the great kings and conquerors and, and so on and then women usually play a really small role um and do you find i mean i've discovered a lot of these women's stories by reading your books Mm -hmm. or uh um you know reading uh pieces that are specifically about women criminals but we Mm -hmm. typically think of famous criminals as mostly men characters like jack the (laughs) ripper and and you know there's a long list so is it hard for you to find uh, stories about these women? Like how do you typically do your research and and sure. do you find that there is, you know, as much content? I'm guessing there's not, but mm-hmm. uh, how, how would you explain the fact that we don't have, uh, you know, that much content written about all these women criminals? Because I'm sure they've been around since the beginnings of be, times.
1: Yeah. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Women, cr- you know, female criminals have always existed. There is material on them, but it's, what I found with almost every historical case I write about is that they were famous at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, there are very, I mean, there are probably cases that no one paid attention to, but I don't know about them because no one paid attention to them, you know? Like, the, the cases I cover whether it's a serial killer from the 1800s in England or, you know, the 1700s in Russia or a a con woman from today. People were writing about them in the media. People were Mm -hmm. shocked. No one thought it was normal ever, but Mm. they don't, like you said, they don't go into the history books or the true crime anthologies. So there is Mm -hmm. material on them. I just have to find it in the newspaper archives Mm. or the history books or, you know, the academic journals it's not you're not going to find it in the you know top true crime stories like buzzfeed listicle
0: right yeah, yeah. it's not mainstream but,
1: right right and I, and i think that's um a lot of reasons you know maybe just some plain old sexism um this feeling that female criminals aren't as interesting as Jack the Ripper, so we keep talking about Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to Marianne Cotton who is sorry, I'm I'm my first book is on female serial killers and you've got me thinking yeah. about them. So I'm like I'm in that that's, zone. That's awesome. <laughs> I Perfect. know we're here to talk about con women. Oh no <laughs> we can talk about the <laughs> Okay. So. <laughs> Sometimes I forget which book I'm
0: <laughs> I'm in. They're, um, they're yeah. all they're all as interesting. <laughs> and then something I was trying to figure out and I, I was tr- trying to do a little bit of research. It mm. seems that in some cases we judge women criminals more harshly as as a society. And, you know, I'm thinking of even kind of recent contemporary figures mm. like Anna Sorokin, who, mm, you know, yeah. is just is on trial. And I know you've spoken about her and mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Holmes from the, the Tyrannos story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and in, in, in the case of someone like Elizabeth, I mean, it's a fine, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my, my take yeah. on the story, it's, it's a fine line between are you just this creative entrepreneurial genius Whose mm-hmm. idea, you know, didn't quite work out the way we we're <laughs> hoping, or are you a full-out criminal? Right. And if that's the case, like a lot of men, I've also kind of, you know, tiptoed on that line, and mm-hmm. they didn't get the the type of coverage that that she's received. Um, so I can't quite put a finger on. Are we, you know, judging women more harshly as criminals, or are we being lighter on them? I can't tell.
1: Oh, the, that's a great question, and. I think your instinct is right that there's not really a clear-cut answer it kind of de- it kind of goes case by case mm-hmm. I think if you if I was gonna pick one it would be yes we judge women criminals more harshly and there's an academic who has a great term for this that of course I can't remember but it's something like the the double penalty or something and sh- she argues women get judged twice once for being a criminal and once for being a woman mm-hmm. um, or something like that I'm butchering yeah. it but you know so it's if a man murders, he's a murderer. If a woman murders, it's like she's a murderer, but also how could a woman be a murderer? So we're gonna judge her extra harshly for that. Mm-hmm. so but I think maybe well maybe maybe that's changing a little. it does it's obviously kind of a Victorian ideal that women mm-hmm. are naturally good or you know the the purer sex, the gentler sex. For someone like Elizabeth Holmes, I I think the tension you're identifying is really interesting. And I feel like the question is almost, she got a lot of media coverage. Is that sexist? Question mark, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Totally. And I'm not sure it inherently is. I, I think she is just a fascinating figure, mm-hmm. sex and gender aside. Yeah. And so, of course, she's intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that's,
0: Oh, go ahead. But she's more fascinating because she's a woman doing that. Because, you know, there are, I'm sure we could pull a long list of men entrepreneurs who have kind of played with, you know, the the truth around what their project could be and the legality of their methods. Um, But the fact that it was a woman accomplishing all of that and having the the balls really to pull it through, I think is what surprised a lot of people and fascinated a lot.
1: Yes, I do think it's more shocking. We, We are more shocked by the fact that she pulled it off. I mean, she really seems to be coming in a kind of a great lineage of male con artists like Bernie Madoff, Mm -hmm. you know, and Charles Ponzi. Um, So, yeah, and she's a young woman, too. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, she's pretty. There's there's a lot that makes her kind of a marketable con artist, Um, Mm -hmm. whereas there, yeah, there are probably a lot of, you know, less intriguing characters in Silicon Valley right now. That yeah, don't, exactly. they're, they're not going to have Jennifer Lawrence play them in a movie <laughs> or whoever's <laughs> playing her. I think it's Jennifer Lawrence.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're that's right. <laughs> and out of the, the women you've written about serial killers or, or, and con women mm-hmm. and the ones you, you talk about on podcasts as well, do you have a favorite? Is there like one specific oh. story that's like somebody you can relate to or that, you know? Gets I, you more than others?
1: I, mm, I, I have um, ones that I cheer for more than others, um, especially on my podcast. So um, my podcast, Criminal Broads, I'll do women who aren't so bad sometimes, mm-hmm. basically. And so the one that popped to mind when you asked me this question is Pulan Devi, who was a... Uh, her nickname was Bandit Queen, which is awesome. <laughs> and she was a poor girl from Northern India, I think, who had this horrific you know, child marriage to this abusive man and, and just all this sexual abuse from the men in her village and just horrible, horrible stuff. Mm. She runs off, joins a group of bandits and becomes one of them and becomes kind of like this Robin Hood figure in her area. The locals love her and she does this extreme and very bloody revenge mission on this town of men who had assaulted her. And she gets caught, spends some time in jail. Once she's out, she runs for parliament, gets elected. Wow. (laughs) And then ends up getting assassinated by by one of the men from the village that she had done the revenge mission on so many years ago. So her, her story is so compelling. I remember when I did the podcast episode on her, my listeners were like, (laughs) like, <laughs> she is our queen, too. Yeah, so, you absolutely.
0: Know. She sounds amazing.
1: So stories like that where there are, you know, crimes involved, but you wouldn't ever lump her in the same category as, like, a female serial killer. or a, mm-hmm. You root for her even though she did commit violence because of what she overcame.
0: Well, and that's what's interesting. So, and I think that's something, again, that's specific to, to women where sometimes like will forgive them or give Mm -hmm. them a pass because they're doing it out of revenge and I mean there's even um there's that movie out right now and of course now the name's escaping me
1: um
0: something uh, about revenge uh, she she had great potential or uh, promising young women
1: oh yes oh I haven't seen it yet my everyone's been telling me to watch it yes
0: and I, I actually haven't watched it Okay. yeah either but I'm, I'm hearing great things and yeah. I mean the whole premise is like she's seeking re- acting out on on revenge against mm-hmm. uh, you know men who would have uh committed sexual assault basically yeah so you know then it make it kind of makes it okay right well yeah. at least for a woman
1: you yeah audio we, we
0: tend to exactly we forgive her her sins basically and yeah. is that something you find in in, in whenever you research these women is that is that something that we see across you know history um and i'm curious to know if that's if that's the case with a female audience or if men would also perceive it that way Mm.
1: i think that these really cinematic revenge killing crimes are rarer than hollywood would make us think so um Poulon Devi's story is an amazing one, but in terms of all the women I've covered, there there aren't that many where it's that clear cut, where it's Mm -hmm. like she was wronged and she went out and murdered her wrongdoers. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word, wrongdoers? I don't think that's quite right, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. (laughs) You know what I mean. So I think that it's... A lot of the women I've covered, it's murkier than that. Like, they will mm. have bad childhoods. Maybe there is abuse, rape in their past, a lot of poverty, you know, a, a lot of sadness. S- but the crimes they go on to commit are against their children or their second husband or, you know. So it's, I, I think this in stories, it's often more clear-cut than it is in real life. So right. I don't feel like I can fully answer your question in terms of, who, who sympathizes, but yes. in my for my podcast audience, the men did also seem to sympathize <laughs> with Poulan <laughs> Devi. So I'll give you
0: that anecdotal piece of proof. <laughs> She's the exception, possibly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, which brings me to ask you about motive. Um, mm. And I'm curious to know what your take is on the difference, um, and it, again, it could be with serial killers and con artists, Mm-hmm. Are motives, you know, are do women have a, typically a, a different motive than than male criminals? Um, mm-hmm. And you just talked about, I mean, somebody's background can obviously play a role. Mm-hmm. But um, what's your what's your feeling on that?
1: Hmm, that's a tricky one. I feel like I don't have the advanced degrees necessary <laughs> <laughs> to answer it. Y- you see, I mean, women commit, you know, far fewer violent crimes than men, far mm-hmm. fewer sexual crimes. So it's tempting to extrapolate out from there and say mm. women don't have these violent urges, these, these terrible urges. Um, but it's also hard to know, because of how society is set up for men to have the power to feel like they should have it, like, it's hard to know if we completely redid society and made it matriarchal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: would the statistics on crime completely switch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, would Absolutely. women be doing 90% of the murders? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's I, It blows my mind just to think about. Um, sorry, now I've forgotten your original question.
0: Uh, motive, right? Motive. If there's like between a major the, difference yes. yeah. between men and women criminals.
1: I think for con artists, I'm gonna say no. I Mm. think the difference between male and female con artists is aesthetic. So female con artists are like, hello, I, you know, I just lost my husband, my wealthy husband, so I have a lot of money. Can I join your high society? Mm. Male con artists are like, hello, I'm a handsome doctor. Can I work in your hospital? It's just... But the motive is the same. They're scamming. They want something, money recognition. They're just using very gendered, um, like, uh, costumes, basically.
0: This season of The Bren is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaboration based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. You brought up, you know, a matriarchal society, and it, mm-hmm. it, it actually makes me think of And again, these are kind of embellished, you know, romanticized stories that we see in movies or or TV Mm -hmm. series. But um, I think of famous criminal matriarchs uh, and and characters like um, the the mother in uh, Animal Kingdom, for example, who's raising... Uh, all of her sons to become diehard criminals Mm. and she's very much leading the pack. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of sons of anarchy where Gemma, again, Mm. who plays kind of that matriarchal figure. Um, and again, is having that she, 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 she is basically the one leading her family into more violence uh, mm-hmm. without without committing a lot of the crimes herself until, until the end mm-hmm. um so there there's also kind of that fascination I think with depicting the woman criminal as kind of that strong matriarch but again mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of men writing those stories so I wonder if that is a uh, an archetype that you've come across in you know in in covering serial killers and and con women
1: yeah I've run across a few real life criminal matriarchs not personally
0: but um,
1: again more I'm for... i to hear that. Yes, I don't think I know any. Um, my grandma's harmless I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Although don't cross her.
0: Yeah I was gonna uh, say I'm not sure yeah. about mine actually if you, if you get her on a <laughs> yeah. bad day. I mean, I right, Grandma, have, grandmas have, have power. <laughs>
1: But, you know, I did an episode on Griselda Blanco, who was a Colombian drug cartel queen. And there are a couple really scary cartel, Mm -hmm. you know, godmothers. Yeah. And I think in the mafia, too, there were some. So it's not unheard of, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, I'm sure Hollywood, again, makes it seem more prevalent. But I do think if you can take that mama bear energy... Mm -hmm. and put it into making a criminal empire it's like it's going to be very
0: effective mm. and then bringing it back to somebody who's in the news now i mentioned anna Sorokin uh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. earlier Um, what's your take on, you know, that whole story? And she's another example of somebody we're absolutely fascinated by. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, every, obviously she's, her trial is, is well covered and she's even given interviews and, Mm -hmm. uh, it's publications that don't, don't typically cover crime stories that are now talking about, about what's happening. So, um, what, what's your take on that specific, uh, that's, that's specific con artist.
1: I think she's very smart. I think she's good at personal personal branding. You know, she knows yes. um, she knows all the good brands, and she knows she's turning herself into a brand very effectively. I think mm-hmm. post prison, and I think the it's you're right that these all these classy publications are covering her, whereas they might look down their nose at other crime stories. Uh, but I think it's because it seems like a classy story. It's mm-hmm. a young girl, New York City, designer mm-hmm. clothes. It's, e- it's easy art to world. make a lot of art world, easy to turn it into a metaphor, you know, for the, the thin veneer of the fashion world and like how shallow it all is. And so I think publications see it as a story they can cover without, you know, getting their hands dirty in crime. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still, you know, she still did commit some pretty serious crimes. And she, yeah. so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a fascinating story, too. I don't blame people for being into it. But I'm definitely kind of skeptical of her current, like, branding of herself and posting on Instagram. I'm sort of watching and waiting. I'm waiting for her to come out with a clothing line, honestly, or to be a spokesperson woman for some hip LA brand that's my prediction
0: and and apparently she signed a partnership for a clothing line and they really yeah (laughs) I was reading an interview and they asked. I forget the brand now but whoever it was they were asking are you still gonna go ahead with a partnership right and they said yeah of course why wouldn't we
1: (laughs) right it's better than ever she's more famous than ever that's so funny I can't believe it happened
0: (laughs) um And actually connected to that story, obviously now, you know, social media plays like a, a role in, in all of this. So do mm-hmm. you think it's easier to be, if anybody's listening who who has ambitious goals of becoming a con woman, is it easier now? Is social media making this harder or easier for uh, women criminals? Probably more the, the con artist mm-hmm. kind as opposed to the serial mm-hmm. killer kind.
1: Yes. I don't know how social media affects serial killing, but con artistry, <laughs> hopefully it affects it. Hopefully it doesn't increase it. That's all I'll say. Con artistry, I'm. my guess would be it's it's harder to be an old school con artist, like some of the women in my book who would just go to a different town, give a different name, give a different backstory. I, you couldn't do that now with Google, you know, mm-hmm. people are go. If people are going to Google you before they even go on a date with you, you're going to have trouble getting a job, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> with your fresh new story. But I have read that it's easier to be, one might say, a, a more boring type of con artist, but the type that just uses the internet um, mm-hmm. for internet-based cons, you know, phishing and all those the scam emails. I mean, um, Frank Abagnale, the famous male con artist, who is the movie Catch Me If You Can is based on him. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's said that it's, he's expressed like it is way easier to be a con artist now than it was back in my day mm-hmm. because of the internet. So yeah, I think it's easier if you're just trying to like get people's credit card numbers and
0: I don't know right. how to do it, but apparently
1: it's easier these days.
0: <laughs> right, so it, it's, it probably goes about ways it can help you in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, What are some of the lessons that you can draw after, you Mm -hmm. know, having covered so many stories? Like what makes a really good con? Mm,
1: I think a really good con story for me involves multiple identity shifts. Okay. So uh, (laughs) a lot, you know, there are some women in my book who just kept changing their names and wigs <laughs> and stories right. of origin. And I think that is, that makes for a good read. I guess now I'm asking what, I'm answering what makes for a good con story. Yeah. Now what yeah. makes for a good con. A good con
0: in, 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 in real life. yeah.
1: In real life, what makes for a good con. Um, I, I think unfortunately the most effective cons are probably the more boring ones. Mm-hmm. So a good story is like the fake doctor who then Flies an airplane and pretends to be a princess or something. The <laughs> right. good you know the the good real life scammers, like there's a woman in my book who did a lot of insurance fraud, and it was literally clipping receipts out and pasting them and making fake receipts. and, you right. know, boring boring
0: boring yeah 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 but but effective because it's it's lower risk right
1: yeah exactly but but I will say two women in my book claimed to be the illegitimate daughter of someone very important and it was very effective Mm -hmm. so that is one thing you can take away is I think I read that you have to be illegitimate though because then it adds this layer of secrecy and you can't be fact checked you know
0: it's like Mm. hush hush well, and that's interesting. It's it's also uh, kind of leveraging um, uh, the risk for somebody else, right? Like, yes, um, uh, exactly. If you're because because the person the person who you're claiming you are the illegitimate child for is not gonna want to have anybody digging into their past, because and I'm, not, I'm talking about men, actually. Like, yeah. it, it could very well be that they have an <laughs> illegitimate child, right? So they're gonna be less yeah. prone to uh, having a having it be publicly drawn out
1: yes and you're leveraging the risk for the person who might ask your fake father because yeah if i go up to some famous politician i'm like hello do you have a did you have an affair you know and i could get in a lot of trouble so the con woman is that's what's part of this the genius Mm -hmm. of this scheme is there's a lot of risk for anyone to dig too deep
0: so the more you study, if you're a con artist, the more you study human nature and kind of oh, yeah. social rules. The 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 better you'll be at, uh, absolutely. at conning. absolutely. And I wonder. So when it comes to law enforcement, where you know there are more men than women, do you think that affects the way um, uh, you know police forces are investigating uh, crimes committed by women and Typically, do you get the sense that they're probably um like are we like are we missing out on crimes that are committed by women again because they're kind of that gender bias playing mm. to our advantage in this case well if if you are a con artist if you're a right criminal. right
1: that's <laughs> a fascinating question I don't think so though um and here's why first of all the there are the crimes again, most crimes are committed. Well, most crimes of a certain type are committed by men, so it's mm-hmm. not like we need a homicide task force that's fifty percent female. I mean, maybe we do for the sake of equality in general, yeah. but we don't need that to hunt ha- because fifty percent of murders are committed by women. We just mm-hmm. that's just absolutely not what the the numbers are as far as are we missing crimes committed by women, I think at least here in America, we are uh, arresting too many women yeah. it's the opposite we're yeah. just our jails are stuffed with women with mothers yeah with poor mothers you know poor mothers of color I am yeah. sure I'm not telling you anything you don't know who have not done they've been, they've done nothing wrong they've they were had the bad luck to be there when a crime was committed they had some weed you know mm-hmm. just ridiculous things and Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. And I guess I was
0: asking more in a sense of of, uh, crimes relating to cons. But you're right. Women get arrested for any reason and especially BIPOC women.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So it's 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 not it's it's not about, you know, if there if there are more women in in law enforcement or not, it's women are being targeted to start with.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I I would say we just need less arrest, period. I don't Mm -hmm. get I mean. I wouldn't know if there are, you know, tons of con women out there that we aren't arresting, but it doesn't strike me as a pressing problem, to, you know. To be honest, <laughs> it's. I think probably in the con world, the most pressing problem is our grandparents. To so take it back to Grandma, mm-hmm. you know, and the internet and phone scams. I mean, there's just so much of yes. that. And again, it's not. These aren't the sexy front page con stories, but yeah. there's just a lot of that happening and. Um, you know mm-hmm. grandparents don't necessarily know how to handle that and that's something that maybe yeah more attention could be paid to.
0: yeah and you're right because it's it's all and and just just the way we're having these discussions right it's like i'm i'm excited to ask you about elizabeth holmes and Anna rockin but then of course crime is affecting people around us and it's it's not going to be these shiny glamorized crimes it's going to be the really boring stuff but that's causing yeah. uh, a lot of damage to mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. just to to you know normal normal to people normal men people, and women yeah. included yeah yeah definitely um i asked you about your favorite con woman story <laughs> what's the most surprising or the weirdest that you've come across one that mm. really kind of took you by surprise or puzzled you or mm.
1: Maybe the the worst woman in my con women book, um, Shantae Kimes, she was a lifelong con artist and she was also a murderer. She's even listed on Wikipedia as a serial killer. Mm. Although I I think you know, I obviously chose to put her as con artist. Right. But she she, she was hard to wrap my mind around because she was such a compulsive criminal. Like she was. Mm such a compulsive liar and thief and she was a narcissist and she was a terrible mother she committed crimes with her younger son she Mm -hmm. she you know entangled him in her web she was very abusive and you know she seemed to probably definitely have had a hard childhood um i think her dad was a con artist too to be Mm -hmm. honest he told stories of of this glittering past that couldn't have possibly been true but it's hard to know like how did she get the way she was was it just from a hard childhood it it doesn't you know it seems like there was something more innate in her Mm -hmm. um you know to, to to explain why she was just such an unstoppable criminal and so the chapter on her was maybe one of my longest and i had to cut out tons of information and you know i just like You know, you're dealing with a real character when you don't have time (laughs) to delve into her trial for slavery. I did not like. (laughs) I was reading the chapter aloud to my husband when I was editing it, and he thought that it was ending at her slavery trial. She had these (laughs) maids, quote unquote, um, that she smuggled into the U.S. from Mexico and never paid and kept locked up. Oh my God. So she. She yeah she went on trial for slavery, and he thought that was where the chapter was ending. And I was like, we haven't even gotten the to the murders yet. I don't even have time. To, like, don't. So anyway, she she was the most surprising, the most horrifying, the most everything
0: probably. Mm. Did you ever um, have a live conversation with a a con woman and hopefully not a serial killer, but in person? Mm,
1: Yes, no serial killers. No, none of the women who I ended up including in my book. The closest I got was I talked to the son of one of the women who is currently in prison. Mm -hmm. I did have a Facebook message exchange with a woman that I was thinking of including and I ultimately oh. decided not to include her. She I think was lying to me over Facebook message and there wasn't enough available about her anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just it started to seem like this is a little bit more trouble than I wanna get myself into, like unpacking what's real and what's true here. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, but we chatted on Facebook
0: <laughs> Um and I've I've read uh, I think it's it's a piece where, where you were interviewed and you talked about the fact that you think maybe one of the reason uh, women are women especially are fascinated by by con women is that we there's something we admire and and it's kind of we like that mm-hmm. these women ha, you know display confidence and again mm-hmm. kind of have the balls to be doing that stuff and um curious to to know more about that and and you know. The, I think often women we we'd like to be more outspoken and we'd like to call out the injustice we typically experience mm-hmm. as a gender on a on a regular basis. Yeah. Um so do you do you still see that is that you know the the sense you're getting also from from your audience on the podcast for example?
1: Yes, I think so. You know, it's probably one of those things where like my Facebook experience, it's um, we admire the con-woman because we do have this kind of shiny version of her in our heads. Um, But yeah, I think that there is something about the archetype of the con-woman that is kind of like, we don't want to truly be a con-woman, but we want to borrow some of whatever she has that lets her feel so fearless, Mm -hmm. that lets her feel kind of unfettered by societal boundaries. You know we we and and probably a lot of other you know people who aren't women feel this way too. We're just like there's so much paperwork in our lives. We're afraid mm-hmm. of losing our passport. We're just mm-hmm. it's just kind of stressful to be a human. <laughs> and it's stressful to be a human today. and and con, women seem to not be stressed by the things that stress <laughs> the rest of us of us out. Like they will just get a new passport with a different name on it. They will just. Bluff will file their, way
0: their
1: taxes. In. They won't file their taxes. They wanna. They see a fancy party they want to get into, they'll bluff their way into it and have free mm. champagne. Whereas the rest of us are like, should I go to happy hour? It's $6 for a glass of <laughs> wine, but maybe I should cut back this week. That's ex- exhausting. And so I think there's such a appeal in the idea of just mm. acting like the con woman. But again we probably if if we were plopped down into the body of a con woman and forced yeah. to live like her we probably wouldn't like it at all
0: <laughs> yeah. and um that leads me to ask you so my favorite question to ask guests on the show which i'm slightly reformulating in your case but Ooh. um i always ask what do you wish women would do more of until <laughs> recently uh, some women have been pointing out that we're always asking women to do more and it's we should be asking you know what we can be doing less of um yeah. So um, actually, I'll ask you two versions of the question because I was going to for you phrase it as what should (laughs) women, uh, con women specifically do less of? Maybe (laughs) maybe it is conning.
1: I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the easy answer, conning. Let me let me try to think of a better answer, though. Okay, if con women want to keep conning, they need to do less lingering in one place when things are starting to fall apart mm. so Anna Sorokin Anna Delvey she probably should have gotten out of the U.S. you know sometime in the fall of 2017 I believe or earlier in the summer mm. you know when she was starting to get in the New York Post for skipping out on her hotel bills et cetera, she should have gotten out of there and maybe she would still be conning today. Well, she's mm-hmm. free now, so she has the last laugh. But yeah, I think th- that the women in my book sometimes have a tendency of lingering a little bit too long
0: mm-hmm. when their threads are unraveling.
1: Caught. That's yeah. when they get caught, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then, So for women in general, <laughs> what do you wish women would do less of? And maybe it's inspired by con women, but it doesn't have to be.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's a great question because we do do so much. I think... This is not inspired by con women, but we should do less feeling guilty when we delegate, mm, which is good one. literally impossible for me. So, I'm, But I'm going to try to practice what I preach.
0: <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. So thank you so much, Tori. It was great speaking with you. Oh,
1: thank you. This is a great interview. Great questions. <laughs> thank
0: you. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brannies Female. You got it in you to succeed, let TD help guide you. Visit theBranniesFemale.comslash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest.